another episode of Locked on A's. And there's so much to talk about, we don't know where to start. How about right here? You are Locked on A's, your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You know, I mentioned before, and it's probably worth repeating, that our little theme music there at the beginning is perfect because it sounds like a bunch of elephants to me. Like, you know, like they're all blowing the music through their nose, you know, like a Disney movie. <laughs> Stomper and friends. Stomper <laughs> and friends. Exactly. The pachyderms are, are everywhere. Hey, it is another episode. Thanks for being here. It's all brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, today's episode brought to us by our friends that make every moment more at FanDuel. In fact, right now, check this out. A $5 bet that you place, winning bet on the money line, can get you $150 in bonus bets. Bonus. Yeah. All you got to do is be a new FanDuel customer, and we'll give you details on that as the episode progresses. I'm Wayne Coy, A's fan since dirt, and uh, I even gave birth to some – well, I didn't give birth myself, but I stood by and watched as little A's fans came popping out everywhere, and this is one of them uh, about years ago. Ian Coy, my eldest. Hello, sir. Hey, how's it going? I like how you went. Yeah, we don't need to do it for you or me. Okay, <laughs> let's just leave it at that. Uh, but Ian's an ace fan, too. He got brainwashed nice and good. He's in the state of Iowa, a.k.a. the state of confusion. And um, he he's able to look at stuff differently than we do. Like if you're like I was East Bay forever or now Vegas. Either way, you, you have a perspective if you're in Vegas or if you're in the Bay Area that isn't necessarily shared by the rest of the population. You forget people that live in the rest of the country, you know, they're looking at stuff maybe through a little different lens. So that's why I kind of like having you here, Ian. Well, I mean, I like having you here anyway. You know, <laughs> yeah, I think I, that's a good point. Yeah. It's definitely a different perspective when you can't go to the games. Totally. Right. Very much. So. Well, I thought today, since we've spent so much time, I mean, obviously, talking about relocation and Vegas versus Oakland and what's going to happen and the, the owners meetings and all of the stuff that we've been dealing with since May or even before. Well, really five years, right? Um, let's, we're going to talk about it. We can't avoid it, but let's not start with it. Let's start with some baseball stuff today. Actual things that happen on the field or in the dugouts. Okay. I want to start with Mark Kotze who's been the A's manager now for two seasons, both of those over a hundred losses. But I think anybody would defend Cots by saying, well, yeah, but he's, you know, he's playing poker, but look at his hand. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. It's been rough uh, the last couple of years. I don't know that anybody could have done much better than he's done. And he seems to at least be a player guy. So I think other teams recognize that for sure, which you're probably going to get to. <laughs> well, the, the Mets, uh, the quote is, Mark Kotze is in the mix for the Mets opening, um, which was Buck Showalter with the, I want to say the largest payroll in baseball. If not number one, it was number two. And they played like number two. Okay. And because of that, Buck's gone and there's an opening there. And that could be a prime opening. 
couple of guys have already interviewed, most notably Craig Council, member, uh, manager of the Brewers, um, who I think everybody said wants the job, right? Yeah, I think so, he's far away, number one, for their for what they're looking for. Yeah, he interviewed on Thursday. So at this point, other than just being nice to Mark Kotze and saying, hey, you're in the mix, man, you know, is he really? I mean, and if he is, wouldn't they be flying him in already? And, you know, I don't know if the A's have given permission for them to talk to him. I guess they probably have, but he's got a three-year deal. So this would be uh, his final year coming up and they have an option for 2025. So I think you had said if they were going to let him get away, unlike with Bob Melvin, we'd probably get something in return, right? Yeah, I think we're we're definitely due compensation for that if they if they take a manager that's under contract. I don't know what the official rules are if they can just let him walk or not. Oh, yeah. I I do know that they're um uh, they've uh interviewed two people so far. They said they may have another one or two, which Kotze is in that mix, but it's supposed to be moving quickly from here. So we should probably know something within the next week. Oh, it is moving very quickly. In fact, this just in. Former Raiders head coach Josh McDaniels is interested in the Mets opening. <laughs> he probably knows more about baseball than football. So I would, I would say yes, as a matter <laughs> of fact. Okay, now you and I just talked about the Arizona Fall League and specifically the players the A's have there. And we both came away with the conclusion that it ain't too much to write home about, right? Not a lot. Max Muncie is doing pretty well, I guess, considering uh, the the fact that nobody's doing all that well, but he's got four home runs and four steals. I think his batting average is somewhere around 214, 215, something like that. Not really anything great, but I guess he made the all-star team, right? That's the big news. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, we just said, well, you know, okay. Yeah. He's, he, he had a home run, I think in his first game. And we talked about that, but then since then, a lot of, a lot of ink, you know, yeah. but I was like, well, why? just because they're, they are the A's players and it is the Arizona fall league, which is, you know, a window that's about that big that you can talk about every year at this time. And sometimes players do really well there and then end up, you know, that's the catapult into, you know, big league stardom. Oftentimes it isn't. So we're this excited about Max Muncie. And I guess now it's noteworthy because he did make the all-star team. Another noteworthy player would be uh, Lazarito, who, if you remember Lazaro, Amonteras is a player from Cuba who I think the A's signed it. I don't know. Was he in seventh grade or something? <laughs> I think he was like 15 or 16 years old when they signed him. And I mean, he's, he's progressed at every level of the minor leagues. Now he's almost looking at aging out of where he's at though. So he's going to need to make a leap pretty quick. Um, the 2021 season is really the question mark for him because it was like steady progression, steady progression, steady progression. And then, whoa, wait a second. He hit like 190 or something like that in 2021. So 2022 was another, it just kind of right on track. I'd love to see something out of him this year uh, in, and make it up to the big leagues within the next year or two. That'd be fantastic. He's 23 or 24. So, yeah, that's the weird part that, that he's only, I mean, let's think about that. He's only 23 or 24, but the name has been there, like you said, since he was 16. So it seems like he's been, because he has. He's seven <laughs> years in or whatever. Um, all the tools in the world, and I know there were cesspitous comparisons, uh, partly because he's from Cuba, but partly because 
I think they thought that he was going to be a superstar at, you know, at that young age. And, you know, it's always, you know, hit or miss when they're, they're that young. Cause you, you think you can tell, but you can't, I mean, they, some mature faster, some hit the big leagues running Zach Geloff, for example, others, Tyler Soderstrom, you know, they're, they're working to get there and they certainly have shown in the past that they're capable of that. I think that the deal with Lazarito is, is just strikeout rate has been super high, right? His entire career. Yeah. It's come down a little bit in the last couple of years, which I think is why they just added him to the 40 man roster. Cause they were worried eh, somebody's going to come poach this guy. But really the only question about this kid is that 2021 season where he really took a big step back but all these other guys that you mentioned all played in college. They've all played organized ball for, you know, appropriate levels for their age. Like these guys, like when they get signed out of Cuba at 16, they're it's baptism by fire, man. They're thrown right into like professional baseball. It's yep. wild. <laughs> right. And I think that's been over the years why the A's have always drafted players out of college versus high school. But in this case, like I said, it was like, the, oh, well, we got him off the playground. He was actually uh, he was playing Foursquare with some of his buddies. And we, we said, hey, you'd look good in green and gold. So we'll have to see. Lazarito is going to live up to the hype. But he did make the roster, and that's the big news. He is on the 40-man roster, which right now only has 36 players on it. So that gives you a little wiggle room, a little Rule 5 protection. Maybe you go out and grab a free agent somewhere. Doubt it, but maybe you do. Um Jason Burke, who used to do this show, who you looked an awful lot like two days ago when you had your beanie on, by the way. <laughs> you go back and look at that video. I, I had a double take. I was like, hey, Jason. Anyway, we Jason does a great – he does a great job writing uh, Sports Illustrated, also for uh, Inside the A's, which is his, his column. And he's definitely one of those personnel guys, right? So I yeah. watch what Jason talks about because oftentimes he's right on the money – and that's why I used to watch Locked on A's before I started hosting it. Cause I was like, how can I keep up with all of these players? Cause there were so many of them because I just didn't have any money, you know? So we were constantly up and down, up and down with the minor leagues. And, um, yeah. you know, that hasn't changed. It's only gotten worse really, but he's talking about uh, predicting non-tender players. Seth Brown was in the spotlight. What do you think about that? I think that's probably accurate. Um, I think they probably don't extend him a deal. Maybe he comes back later, you know, once he looks around and figures out that uh, what the market's maybe not what I thought it was going to be. And, you know, he could definitely contribute to the A's. I love Seth Brown. I always have. Uh, I think he's great. But, yeah, I think it's definitely appropriate non-tender. Yeah. Also on that list, and we're not going to dive into it too deep, but Sean Newcomb, probably in our bullpen, um, Paul Blackburn, who could be an ace for somebody. If he could just stop walking people, same story for James Caprellian. So those were the guys that were on uh, Jason's list. And I, I invite you to go check that out. The A's with their $59 million payroll. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. Who knows what's going to happen, right? Year to year is just crazy. I can tell you one thing that's going to happen is, is in just a minute, we're going to go through all of those transactions. Our final third episode or third installment of looking at the A's deals over the last 10 years. We've got three more years to go, and we're going to get into 2021, 22, and 23. But right now, I want you to get into FanDuel. Our buddies at FanDuel want to make it good for you during the National Football League season. And if you like the NFL as much as we do, well, then this is a good time to get really involved in the game. 
And you can have a ton of fun too with FanDuel. The app is easy, just takes you minutes to install on your phone. And then after that, even I could figure it out. So that's how easy it is. But you do that, you could uh, you could place bets on the overs, the unders, your favorite players, your favorite teams. Um, one thing that's really cool, FanDuel's offering this right now is a $5 money line bet. If you win that bet and you're a new customer, they're going to give you $150 in bonus bets that you can use to go nuts with if you want. This would be a good week to do that, by the way. If you're a Raider fan like we are, I mean – they seem pretty fired up right now, and their new head coach is going against his old team. Kind of a chance to make a statement. So we'll see if uh, post-Josh McDaniel Raiders are worth betting your money on. Uh, mm-hmm. You could if you become a FanDuel customer, and we invite you to do that today. Player props are fun, too. Get in there. FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season if you haven't already. It's time. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Okay, trades, Ian Coy. Trades, free agent pickups. We've gone through them all. And before we even get started, how have the A's done up to this point? We started with 2014 because we wanted a 10-year look back, right? 2014 through 2020. Right now, 35 deals that we won in our estimation and 14 that we lost. That's pretty good. Yeah, that'll work. It's it we're 70, 75% somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, looking at wins versus losses on the deals. Anytime you're winning more deals than you're losing, I mean you're gonna be in pretty good shape. I I mean, at least it stands to reason you should. Depends how major those deals are, though, for sure. <laughs> sure. And we're not we're not talking about just, you know, people that the A's drafted, brought up through the minors. We're not focusing on any of those up and down, you know, to Vegas, back to Oakland, back to Vegas moves. These are just trades of note and or free agent signings of note. And we're going through and scoring those. Okay. So again, 35 and 14 going in, let's go 2021. We'll start with in February on the 6th of February, the A's traded left fielder and power hitter crush Chris Davis to the Texas Rangers. And basically what we got in exchange was Elvis Andrus. We also got Aramis Garcia. I guess he played enough for the A's to count as part of that get back as well. But in addition, this is important. In addition to Chris Davis, we gave the Rangers the catcher that just played for them in the World Series and and did very well, Jonah Heim. How do we rate this one? I think you have to call that one a loss. If we would have got Elvis Andrews a la, you know, 2008 or something, that may have been a win. But yeah, Jonah Heim, that's tough. Um, I think we were just backlogged at the catcher position. We had too many major league ready catchers and that was just kind of a casualty of that. We got a chance to get a guy that at least manned shortstop for us for quite a while and the team wasn't very good. So, um, you know, I, I credit for that, I guess, you know, he stayed on the field. I mean, he wasn't really injured, which is right. it's okay, I guess, but more than a DH too. I mean, but man. Chris Davis was tough. He didn't really give the Rangers anything, though. So, uh, man. Yeah. It's really Jonah Heim or Elvis Andrews. And I think I'd probably rather have Jonah Heim. Chris Davis had signed that big deal, too. That was like one of the, in the John Fisher era, it was ridiculously big. Um, yeah. Big contract. But obviously, they got out of that. And he really never performed at that level again. I mean, he certainly didn't do anything uh, for the Rangers. And then, I don't know. Maybe he found his way home again. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, we signed Jed Lowry as a free agent. I think we do that every three months. Uh, we traded 
Sheldon Noyce, uh, along with right-handed pitcher Gus Varland. Two of the Dodgers got back Adam Kolarek and Cody Thomas, who just decided he's going to be a free agent. So really, we got we got Adam Kolarek and, and he's yeah. gone. So I I mean, Sheldon Noyce still in the Dodger organization. I'm not even paying attention. So I don't know. Ugh. I don't know what to do with that trade. I don't either. That's tough. Kolarek, free agent signings. What's that? I was just saying Kolarek drove me crazy. Every time he came, I called him colon wreck because I had a stomach ache every time he came up. <laughs> uh, Mike Fires, free agent signing. Same with Sergio Romo, Ismero Petit, Mitch Moreland. There's a name for you. Um, okay, July 26th. I like this one just because even though, you know, skill-wise, he's certainly not my favorite relief pitcher ever. But, boy, did he pull off the look. Andrew Chafin, who just basically looked like he fell straight out of bed in his baggy, wrinkled uniform with his rocking facial hair. Uh, to me, he was like a throwback to the good old days. All that was missing was a big thing of tobacco in his cheek, you know? Um, <laughs> right. we, got, we got him, and we needed bullpen help. We got him for Greg Diekman, not Jake, Greg, and uh, Daniel Palencia. I think that's a win. I mean, we didn't really give up much for it. And like you said, I mean, just the Fu Manchu alone, I mean, has there ever been anybody that epitomized like the Midwest more than Andrew Chafin? <laughs> no, he's great. He's great. So that's, I like that too. That's a win. Marlins trade Sterling Marte to us for, uh, I, I almost said Jesus. I, I did say Jesus when the, when the trade happened, I went, Jesus, yeah. uh, Sterling Marte for Jesus Luzardo, who's pitched his butt off here recently. So, uh, I mean, how do, how do we look at this? That's a loss, right? It's got to be. I mean, there's a weak outfield market. We needed outfield help. We got the best guy available at that time. Had to give up a lot to get him. And we got a singles hitter that played really good center field and had absolutely no power whatsoever. And who left a couple months later? And you're giving up basically your best, at least your best left-handed uh, pitching prospect or player, I guess, that would have been available or not not pitching on an everyday basis in our rotation. He's had some bad luck. I think he came up too early and went to the Marlins. And you said it. I mean, you're like, watch him go there. Like the dude's going to just rock it into outer space when he gets to Miami. And he kind of did. So it has. Yeah. And it hurt. Okay. So that's a loss. Um, Nationals give us Jan Gomes, uh, Josh Harrison. He was fun to watch and some money. Money's important. And in exchange, this is where we win the deal. Richard Gouache, Seth Schumann. And Drew Millis, Schumann, I think it's pronounced. Anyway, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving on. Chris Davis, I told you, hang on, because we sent him to the Rangers, then we signed him again on August 4th um, as a free agent. And then electing to be free agents, it was a who's who list again. And this happens now every single year. It's going to happen again this year. Jake Diekman, Andrew Chafin, wrinkled uniform and all. Jed Lowry, just because, well, you know, you got to lead to come back again. Sterling Marte, we just talked about. Trevor Rosenthal, never pitched for us. Mark Canna, Mitch Moreland, Mike Fires, Josh Harrison, Sergio Romo, Yusmero Petit, and, of course, Chris Davis. All filed to become free agents. And we roll into 2022. February 9th, we signed Eric Thames to a deal. And he, I don't think, did he ever play beyond the minor leagues for the A's? I don't think he made a, an appearance, no, did he? he 
in Korea, the dude like hit like forty five home runs or something, and then came back to the to the uh, state side and killed it for a couple of years, and then he just kind of got exposed. I think. I mean, once they get once they know how to pitch you, and you're that kind of hitter, I mean, it's going to be tough. All right, got to zip through these now. Okay, uh, this is where it starts to hurt. By the way, we're going to get into what I call the pain zone here because there's three deals in a row, maybe four even that. No matter how you, you you slice it, this was called get rid of salary. Don't be committed to anybody you're going to have to pay. Uh, fire sale. Call it what it is. Yeah. Okay, March March 12th, Chris Bassett to the Mets for Adam Aller and JT Jin or Gin. It's Jin, isn't it? JT Jin. But anyway, loss is what that is. Um, Matt Olson to the Braves for Christian Pache, who's now playing for the Phillies. Shea Langoliers, Ryan Cusick, and Joey Estes. This one could end up swinging back in our favor, I think, just because we don't know yet about Ryan Cusick. He looked good at Vegas last year. Joey Estes came up for a quick cup of coffee, and I know statistically it wasn't great, but he had the nerves. He's probably way too young to even be in the big leagues. I think long haul will tell you with both of those guys. And Shea Langoliers, Shea Bangoliers, has – you know, he's feel, he's been great. I mean, you know, he's hit for power, got a, a cannon of an arm, a good defensive catcher. So, you know, I think that one, but I know it's Matt Olson. He hit 50 million home runs. So they also didn't have to give up any of their top five prospects in their organization to get true. Matt Olson, which and wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's, as far as I'm concerned, they should have locked him up forever. I mean, he should have been a forever Oakland A. But now, to his credit, he's home. He's in the Atlanta area where he grew up. That was his team as a kid. So you got to root for for Ole, you know? He was in the, the playoffs this year. Sure. Yeah. Okay, Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. That's the third of three in a row there. All within a few days, by the way. The 12th, the 14th, and the 16th of March. What do we get for Chappie? Well, we got Zach Logue, Gunnar Hoagland, Kirby Sneed, and Kevin Smith. Yeah. Okay. That to me is the worst of them all. The Olsen so, trade Chapman back to back like that is just heartbreaking. I mean, neither yeah, one of got, them gave back guys that they really there were prized prospects. They got away with getting all star players from us, like cornerstone foundation pieces, and they didn't have to give up a lot to get it. Like looking at their organizational charts, it really is heartbreaking to an ace fan. Yeah. Well, then the A's did what they always do, which is to make you feel good. Let's go out and bring back some guys you know, just so you at least buy some tickets because nobody's buying them now because we just got rid of Bassett, Olsen, and Chapman in three days. So, hello, Stephen Vogt. And, hey, Jed Lowry, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, so they both got signed as free agents. And then the next deal, like I said, there was one more, and that was Frankie Montas, who went to the Yankees. And I think we win this. Because Montas is hurt all year last year, has done nothing for the Yankees. There's even talk about him possibly coming back to Oakland now. What do we get in exchange? Oh, just three members of our starting rotation. They're eating innings, if nothing else. Uh, J.P. Sears, wire-to-wire last year. Uh, of course, we got Ken Waldachuk and the third pitcher. All the stuff in the world, just uh, you know, story of the A's pitching, right? It's like, can we just quit walking people? But Luis Medina, on the good days... You're like, yeah, hello. So you got to call that a win just in terms of potential anyway. 
and because Montas has done nothing for the Yankees. Makes it for sure because he hasn't done anything for the Yankees. And if he comes back, then of course it's a win. I mean, that's three players for nothing. (laughs) Right. It's a huge win. So then August through November of 2022, uh, well, we had to get rid of Jed Lowry. So we released him and Stephen Piscotty and Stephen Vogt said, Hey, wait, before you release me, I'm just going to be a free agent now. So I'll see you. Okay. That's how that went. Hit a home run though in his last at bat as an A. So cool. That's pretty, pretty cool. Okay. Then we claimed uh, Ryan Noda off waivers from the Dodgers. Cost us nothing. That's a big win. He's our first baseman. Yeah. Atlanta Braves, uh, Freddie Tarnock hurt last year. Again, jury out. So I, I think he's got a lot of potential. Manny Pena, who uh, did he? I think I heard he retired. I know we released him. Oh, yeah, he's yeah. definitely gone, but I do believe he retired. Roy Salinas is one of those guys in the Arizona Fall League. Uh, nothing really much to talk about there, but Estuary Ruiz, uh, Estuary Ruiz sets a record for, uh, stolen bases as a rookie in the American league, all the potential in the world, put him in that leadoff spot, leave him there. Definitely the highlight of that deal had to get the brewers involved to make that all happen. But we did, he was the key. I think, um, we also got Kyle Muller, who was our, our opening day starter last year, all for Sean Murphy. So just from a body count point of view, I mean, Freddie Tarnock could be something. Salinas, way too early to call. Ruiz, I think knocking on the door of stardom. And Kyle Muller should be in the rotation, if not in the bullpen, this next year. For Sean Murphy, who's now like a platoon catcher. He plays uh, a little, yeah. little more than half the time in Atlanta. I don't understand it, really, because we got a better deal for, really, if you're looking at it on paper, the guy that you should have maybe got the worst deal for <laughs> of all of those trades of those big four guys. And we might get the best return from Sean Murphy, which yeah. is odd to me. But <laughs> And then a couple of signings. Jace Peterson, who ends up playing in the World Series this year for the Diamondbacks, and Trevor May, or may not. And I'd say he may not ever pitch again because he's retired officially. He said, that's it. I'm done. And by the way, on the way out here, I just would like to set fire to the entire earth and tell you what I think of John Fisher. Okay. That <laughs> was classy. Good All right. On. We really got to hustle because we're up against the clock. So here we go. 2023. This, this always takes longer than you think it's going to. Okay. Uh, some signings. We signed Austin Pruitt, Fuji, Shintaro Fujinami and Luis Morales. Okay, uh, win, I think, as we trade Cole Irvin and Kyle Verbitsky to Baltimore, we got back Daryl Hernays, who was the A's minor league player of the year this year. Yeah, should be. Fourth or fifth starter for most teams in Major League Baseball, and you get back a piece that could – he's been hitting ever since we got him and just before we got him too. It was like a one-season wonder maybe, but then he came in and actually reproduced a little bit of that this year. So I'm very excited for him for sure. Hernays, okay, he's – uh. Probably going to be, well, I don't know if he'll stay at short because based on our draft pick this year in the first round, I think you might see him move to another position at some point. Uh, AJ Puck to Miami for JJ Blade. Kind of a wash at this point. Blade's got a good pop, left handed hitter. We really needed a, a, a guy that had some power from that, that side. But uh, yeah, Puck hasn't done anything for Miami. He just can't stay on the field, but that's never changed. Right. A couple of signings, Carlos Perez, Familia, very familiar. We had you on the team before. (laughs) 
Kristen Pache traded for right-handed pitcher Billy Sullivan. You know. He was going to get DF, so he got something for him. Great. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's it's one of those deals where you get something, at least, right? Um, and then of note, Fujinami traded to Baltimore for Easton Lucas. So at least we got something for Fuji. But they had to pay him a lot, right? Internationally. I think they he signed had like him to a... ERA. We got something for a one-year rental with a, an ERA that was double what's acceptable. So, like, awesome. <laughs> so, I'll give you two more deals. One is my favorite deal of the whole year. The other one is maybe my least favorite of the whole year. Okay? So, you're going to go extremes here. And that would be the A's trading left-handed pitcher Sam Mull to the Cincinnati Reds for Joe Boyle. And I'm going to call this right now. That's our number one starter I'm sorry, Mason Miller. I love you too. But I think I think Joe Boyle is the guy. I just was knocked out by his stuff. And I knew going in, because we're friends, obviously, with Jeff Carr, who has locked on Reds. He goes, you may have just stolen, you know, a guy is going to be your number one pitcher. If you could just figure out how to stop walking people, which is the story of the A's in general. But that's coaching, right? I mean. Pitching coach. I mean, maybe looking at an upgrade. Yeah. There. <laughs> Might be a good one. Yeah, so Luis Medina, a stuff pitcher. Waldachuk, a, st- a stuff pitcher. Sears, a stuff pitcher. We could go on and on. Joey Estes, Mason Miller, um, and uh, Joe Boyle. My dog's even excited about Joe Boyle. Joe you hear Boyle. that? That's, Lou- that's Louie in the other room. Okay, and then the other deal, the one I was going to tell you is my least favorite because I loved him. The laser, Ramon Laureano, gets claimed off waivers by the Cleveland Guardians, so we ended up getting Zipsky for Ramon and I just, he was, he was probably my favorite player on the team for a long time. Yeah, it was a favorite of Ramon. We didn't have to let him go in the middle of the season, but we did just to kind of do him a solid. Yeah. Anyway, good luck to him in the rest of his career. I'll tell you the one thing I have, I have a takeaway from all of this is what a revolving door the A's are. I mean, just quick run through the list, you know, Stephen Vogt, Chris Davis, um, Mike Fires, Petit. And, of course, the star of all stars when it comes to I left, I'm back, I left, I'm back would be um, a little second baseman who I want to call the great gazoo every time I look at him, Jed Lowry. Switch hitter, um, man. Yeah, they they just like And you were a big Lowry fan. I remember that. You loved him. Loved right? Jed. I always loved his talent. Yeah, he just couldn't stay healthy unless he was wearing green and gold, which was fantastic. I'm like, oh, this guy's a good, solid pickup. And then, like, magically plays 125 games, like, and he never has. <laughs> How does that work out, right? It'll well, get it. okay, let's see what the numbers tell us. We kind of cheated a little bit here, but we were 35 and 14 going into this final segment, which was 2021 to 2023. Didn't do as well there, eight and nine in this last stretch. But still, we finish a very respectable 43 and 23 in terms of the grading of the deals. Do we win or do we lose? 43 wins versus 23 losses. That's nothing to sneeze at. That's very good. That's why we've been to the playoffs several years in that 10-year run with no payroll. I mean, we're just better at it usually than everybody else. Yeah, usually. Well, talk about a week, a week that is. Um, I don't know what November's gonna look like, but just on paper. Super busy. Uh, we've got starting Monday hearing in Carson City. You know, the teachers that are being sued by the A's lobbyists. We got that going on. Then Oakland City Hall, where they're going to put together a resolution and it's going to pass. They've already basically voted to take it to a vote. So that's going to happen. The mayor, the port, city council, all on the same page. 
We're going to check in with the mayor, see how that's going. Uh, we've got the general manager's meetings in Scottsdale. And then don't forget one week from Tuesday, that day, where the owners have their meeting in Arlington, Texas. And it could very well be, it's possible, some would say it's even probable that there's going to be a relocation vote coming up when the owners get together. All of that's happening in the next week or so. There is the Summer of Cell documentary movie that's coming out. And we've got the Brain Trust behind that, the director and producer, who will be joining us to tell us what that's been like to be able to put that thing together. These are the same people that were involved in that really good Reggie Jackson doc that's on Amazon right now called Reggie. So I think it should be very good. And I know that they're working to get it out uh, ASAP so they can, you know, kind of get their point across, which is uh, the A should stay in Oakland. That's the underlying theme, I think. How could it not be if you were at that uh, reverse boycott game, right? So all of that to look forward to. This is a good time to be the host of Locked on A's or even just to listen or watch Locked on A's. So thanks for doing that. If you're an everydayer, let us know that in the comment section. If it's your first time, please do that. Don't forget to give us a like, the thumbs up. That goes a long way to spreading the channel. And if you can subscribe to the channel, then we know when you're going to be here again. And you won't miss an episode. So that's cool, too. Ian, thanks so much, man. You got all that knowledge up there. You're just, you're just a, you're, you should have been a general manager is what you should have been. You're good at this. Hey, I'll throw my hat in the ring if there's ever an opening. Hey, the way the A's go, any minute, just wait for the train to arrive. It's going to come. But yeah, your knowledge is supreme and I appreciate that. And I hope you'll come back on with your pop one of these days again, would you? For sure. Yeah, I'm in. All right. Well, in the meantime, go to your room. That's Ian Coy. I'm Wayne Coy. Thanks for your time this time, and until next time, you keep on swinging.